Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, a really nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. London. My God, it was noisy out there earlier on. It really, there's a nightclub, which is... Uh, well, in fact, we can hear it in the offices. I can hear the... I don't know what they're listening to, but I sure as hell know it's not the carpenters. I was looking at some bloke reading the news on Sky at the moment. He needs to get his makeup done properly. He's far too shiny, I'm afraid. Far too sh- the hair looks like it's candy floss, and his tie's a bit skew with. Smart yourself up, laddie boy. You're being paid decent money for doing it. So the Prime Minister pledges all this, uh, this money to the NHS, £380 million a week. Brucey leaves 11.5 million quid, and I reckon he's made that in the last few years of his life because he was he was earning good money. Before then, very difficult to earn that sort of money. But the, the children didn't get anything, and the reason the children didn't get anything is because I don't, there was never that sort of plan. It was always for the, uh, for the widow. Uh, plus, Bex has really split from Posh. Full details this morning between now and 7... Oh, there you are. Thought I'd lost you. What, what sort of thing you thought we'd just turn him off, you know, just for the sake of it? Just like that, you know. It's sort of like a life support machine this morning. Uh, Peter Andre has urged Katie Price to take a drugs test. I've got no idea why. Mainly because he thinks she's out partying too much and uh, not looking after the children. But, uh, you know, I wish they wouldn't air their dirty linen in public. It's so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Troubled Ant McPartland seems to have found love with his PA. I'm not sure about PAs anymore. They're always a bit suspect, aren't they? Because if you spend time with a... You're not a PA, OK? You're an AP. That's different. You know, assistant project... PA's personal assistant. Somebody who's there at your beck and call. You know, you know. Yeah, you're right. Same sort of thing, you know. What the heck? But anyway, but if you spend time with somebody, it's like, you know, when they, when they go on to the dancing programme, the reason they start having flings is because they're spending more time with these people than they are with their partners. And all of a sudden you start seeing something in other people. You think, oh, they look really nice. And then you think, oh, let's go out with them. And then you suddenly realise they're really mad. They're completely stark staring mad. You know, they go off kayaking and sort of, you know, there's no water. They're just going kayaking. They sort of put the kayak down and paddling along the main road. Nothing to do with you. Do not think it's all about you all the time. It's not. This is the assistant producer who goes on holiday and can't answer telephones. Obviously has a total inability to either charge the blooming thing or acknowledge anything. And then days later you get, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, like that covers it. It's ridiculous. I mean, I could have been sending anything. Could have been like, I'm really not very well. I'm dying. And, you know, you wouldn't know it for days. You wouldn't. Know... I said there was a lot of sun. Well, there was a lot of sun, actually. There was loads of sun. I had a very boozy lunch yesterday in Twickenham by, by the river with, I don't know, a load of people. And, and that was great. In fact, I actually went home tiddled. I actually went home tiddled, which is not like me at all. Really not like me. I just, I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of got in and uh, Lynn had to help me in and all the rest of it. She wanted to come in, I think, and sort of tuck me up in bed or something. I said, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then uh, the day before, I'd had a lovely lunch at Joe Allen's. So that was lovely. Enjoyed my lunchtime there with, uh, with three people. So it's been quite, quite social this week. Next week, I think it's going to be... I've got two hospital appointments next week. And, um, and then we were talking about this dating programme on the television where you see the person stark naked... No, I decided I, we, 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 we watched this. The, the main producer, he likes this kind of thing, OK? He's got a big thing about tubes. And, you know, he's only got a look at Tuba Smarties and immediately wants to lift it off slowly. Because I can't understand what you'd have to say to anybody to convince them to stand there, start naked under a tube while the camera pans along in front of you and the person decides if they like you or not based on what you look like. I thought it was personality. 
I thought that's the whole idea about relationships. You're attracted to somebody, not whether they've got a willy down to their kneecaps or, you know, or anything like that. And it's and people have got... They, they do... But they do actually... I mean, but, but it's this, would you like to see more? So you go, oh, no. The first time they did it, I thought it was a joke. I thought they're not actually going to show this. And they did, and up went the tube. And I remember thinking... Oh, because you try and find one that looks like yours, don't you? And you spend ages looking like, then you suddenly realise there's nothing that looks like yours at all. Seriously, I could have wandered out of a freak show. But it, but I sort of watched it, and I kept thinking, is this just voyeuristic? Because it's got nothing to do with meeting. It's like Love Island. It's got nothing to do with meeting people. If you want to meet somebody, get a job in a bar, stand behind the bar, and everybody will come to you. You don't need to go to them or go to go to Greece. Yeah. Listen. Let me tell you now, he's come back, OK, he's met somebody. It's, you know, this apparently is the big love of his life and all the rest of it. And what I wanted to say to him, but I didn't want tears, I wanted to say, listen, long-distance relationships, they don't work. They cost you a lot of money because she's from America, you know, I like to be in America. And so she's over there, a song from West Side Story, you know. OK, by me in America, everything free in America. Yeah, didn't. All right. I'm just saying America. I'm sort of generalising it for my listeners to just to let them know the situation that he's had a holiday fling. Okay, you know, it's a week. You know, it's a week. You come back and immediately, oh, this is it. You don't know anything about the person. You know, you've just had a little fling for a few days. And now all of a sudden we've gone all goo goo eyes and all the rest of it. And he's going to bore the bloody pants off everybody. We're telling about, oh my, this is a per-. And here's a photograph of us and the sunset. And here's us sitting on a kayak. Here's us climbing a mountain. Here's me first thing in the morning coming out of the shower. And here's, you know, and all those. And you look at these sort of that you think, this is a friend of mine went over to Vienna to work in Vienna. And he had a fling with one of the girls over there. And and I said to him, it won't work. It will not, a long, and this is only short hop. This is hour and a half flight, you know. But she got stopped by customs because she came in three times in a month. She wanted to see him. She was so desperate to see him. And he wanted to see her. So she had to arrive in. Customs would go, what are you doing here again? And they started checking her. They'd book into a little hotel in Earl's Court and have their tryst. And then, then she had to go back. It does not work. You've got to get it out of your system. I know it's not going to be easy, but luckily you've got, I was going to say friends, but of course you haven't. And, you know, pe- people around you who can help. Like, ha, 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 ha. You should have known better. Can't get yourself involved with these. I promise you they do not work. No matter how much you think, no matter how much you go, oh, it's all going to be blissfully happy. And she's going to come over here and, and she's going to find a job and she's going to sort of, apparently she's something... Yeah, not going to work, is it? I'm telling you, I'm never wrong. Never wrong. She's she's involved with agriculture. Hello? Know anybody want to drive a combine harvester? No, of course not. Not in London. OK, look forward to it. <laughs> Still not going to work. Is this long distance? These long distance, they really don't work, long distance relationships. It, it's just, it would be lovely to think that they did, but I promise you, they uh, they don't. But, you know, got to be cruel to be kind. No point in, you know... Uh, Mark says, what an opening uh, summary. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Peter in Spain, very warm. He says, I watched Dale Winton the other day. What a flirt that man was. Very f- Oh, terrible flirt, terrible flirt. But you could see on there, couldn't you, how ill he was. How ill he was. I mean, he really was... He was a, he was a lot iller than I think people uh, people were aware of. That's all everybody said to me. They said... I enjoy my slurp. It's quite hot, actually, and I said, but I, I do, do need to slurp occasionally. You know, you know why? Because you'll be lying in bed and your mouth's gone all dry. And you'll be, and you'll be going... And the, matter, and the more you think about it, it's like, you know, you wake up 
in bed and you go, I need to go, I need to go to the toilet. And you think, if I actually sort of take it out of my mind, I won't need to go. So you lie there. Now you can't go back to sleep. And so eventually you just have to get out of bed and go to the toilet. It's the only way to do it. It's like thinking, you know, of, of ice cold water. I always keep water in the fridge. Lots of little bottles of water, which is ice cold, which is lovely. And if I'm feeling particularly adventurous, I'll put a little bit of um, squash in or something like that. I bought some squashes the other day, which are, you know, rhubarb and rosehip and stuff. They were all really sort of fancy thing. And I thought they were OK. So I'll have that about once, once a week, if that. And, uh, and that's because you just need to drink milk at the moment. Milk, 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 like it's going out of fashion. But uh, next week, so we've got... What are we doing next week? I'm trying to... Th- oh, right, next week we've got the eyes and we've got the, uh, the diabetic doctor again. It's not one thing, it's another. The good news is that uh, that little lad gets his cannabis. And uh, I think it was... I, I said last week on the programme that uh, they should... Some, somebody needs to think very carefully and very quickly about this uh, this little lad. His name's Billy. He's, uh, he's 12, 13 now. And they've, they've finally put him back on it. You know why? Because one of the doctors said, this boy is seriously, seriously ill. You cannot just take him off it. Whoever made that decision needs firing. Because it's just absolutely ridiculous. Six days of torture they've had with him having his uh, epileptic fits. He needs this stuff. And the worst thing was, wasn't it? Theresa May's husband is, a, is part of a company who were involved in this stuff. And they're going, oh, no, I don't think we can do this. I don't think we can sort of, because it's banned. Well, listen, it's keeping him going. So as I said last week, somebody better think very quickly, because otherwise you're going to be dealing with something that's so over and above anything that you could deal with that you might wish you'd never gone into politics in the first place. Uh, Meghan Markle's been put forward for an Emmy, apparently, for, for Suits. I've never seen it. I don't know anybody who's ever seen it. Not a cynical move, is it? No. OK, so uh, do you think she'll, she'll bring her husband? Oh, of course, he'll go anywhere. He just trots behind. It's like, you know, you've got to sort of hold a crunchy bar in your hand and he's there. Peter Andre, back in the papers again. You wish he'd air his dirty linen in the confines of his own place, but he wants to share it with you. He wants Katie Price to take a drugs test. Uh, presumably so he can find it. Well, get, get her on the Jeremy Kyle show. He'll do a drugs test for you. And then they can make a programme out of it. And we can all sit there and laugh at the, uh, at the sort of uh, the sheer exasperation that everybody must be going through with this blasted relationship that finished ages ago. So he's now banned her from seeing the kids because they have two kids together. Then he's got children with somebody else. I hope to God his work keeps coming in. It's a bit worrying at the moment, isn't it? You know, his cafe didn't work. His singing career has gone a bit off the boil. And I don't think he's doing the 60-minute makeover programme either. Going on, there must be something. Must be some, perhaps he can go and tour America or something. He could still book in all those nice dates in in Australia that he cancelled. We haven't seen hide nor hair of those at all. Uh, Love Island. There's a girl on there. She apparently um, I don't understand this, but she performs on a on a camera. So in other words, lonely men. Uh, or women, I suppose, can sort of sit there and you pay so much money, and then she will exhibit herself for you. Um, and, and sort of men, men seem to like paying for this one because she's been doing it quite a lot. And apparently it's quite X-rated, which I mean, it's obviously not, you know, the sort of thing that we could probably discuss on this programme, you know, without going into graphic detail. But I think, I think you get the idea. It's a bit like Babe Station, but with talent, you know, because I think, no, I've got nothing against Babe Station. I think it's lovely when they sort of writhe around on that bed. I mean, I always think to myself, I think they should put up a, a thing at the side that says bedding provided by and how much it costs. 
I'd be very keen to find out, because the pillows don't seem to feature very often, do they? In fact, it's, uh, it's some sort of microphone that they appear to be holding, and they appear to be talking to us. It's just you can't hear them. And the reason you can't hear them is because they can't a tall aisle air. What? Hello, yeah. You want to see me? And it's, so it's like Love Island, only uh, you're paying by the minute for it. Men, men don't mind doing that. Men are quite happy to pay. They are. I mean, that's why, you know, you go around, you know, certain parts of London at the moment, there'll be a lot of people, you know, looking for, for stuff, you know, if you're single, you know, because that's what people do, isn't it, now? And it's not easy. Not easy. You have to sort of try and get out there. And some people are not very good at the, at the chatting up bit. They're not very good at the sort of going out. and Because you, you, you kind of know, well, you're hoping for an end result, you know, and it's more than a cup of coffee, I should imagine. If you're going out chatting somebody up on a Friday or a Saturday night, that's what people do it for. You're not doing it to sort of share the jigsaw, are you? You're not saying, listen, I can't get this one right at all. Do you want to come back and help me out with the jigsaw? No, it doesn't work like that. But some people are rubbish at chatting up. Other people are brilliant at chatting up. I don't bother. I've decided it's just not worth the effort. It really isn't. It's nobody cares. Fame is an aphrodisiac, is it? You think I don't know. I mean, I have to be honest. It's it's not it's not difficult to pull, you know. If I if I so wanted to, but luckily I'm way past that kind of thing. Give me a cup of cocoa or or a bowl of cornflakes, and I'm just as happy, and it lasts longer. I'm telling you, the cornflakes last a long time. Actually, the cocoa lasts quite a long time if you make it with sort of proper milk. But uh, no, I can't be bothered with that kind of thing now. I've got all, most of my friends are single. Most of my friends are single. And, they, and people say to me, ah, do you think single people attract other single people? I said, I've got no idea. I said, but all I know is we're not particularly bothered about anything. Until I mentioned it this morning and I'm feeling quite weepy, actually, and teary. But never mind, I shall get through. 17 minutes past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. We're doing recipes on the, on the programme this morning. Well, sort of thinking about doing recipes. I wish I could bake a cake. I, wish I, I was watching a thing the other day on the telly and they said, shall we go and make a cake? And I thought... What a brilliant idea. And, and oh, no, it was a woman on the bus. Well, let's, when we get in, let's make a cake for Daddy, because it's Father's Day today, or as I prefer to call it, total exploitation of your old man. It's an opportunity for you to go out and buy something for him that he neither wants nor needs and couldn't care less. A big kiss always works, an absolute treat. But, you know, now you've got Father's Day cards. And who's it aimed at? Little children. It's aimed at little children. They go and they'll buy a card for their dad and then they'll sort of think, what, what do we buy? Because it's different for women. You could buy perfume. You could buy flowers. Always appreciated. You're not going to turn up, are you, with a, with a bunch of flowers for fathers? Well, I don't know. You might do, actually. You might do. I would, I'd be quite appreciative of things like that, actually. Uh, Steve, uh, just been up once. Now I want a coffee, please, says Dean. And um, I'm truly doubly shocked this morning, Steve. You tiddled never. No, I mean, listen, it's such a rarity, such a rarity. You know, and and I, I got in and I, I made myself something to eat, so I obviously wasn't that tiddled, and then climbed into bed and zonk, I was out for the count. It was lovely. I don't know how many bottles. I think between about three of us, I think we must have sunk about four bottles of Pinot Grigio. I, th- I think so. That was at the Barmy Arms, which incidentally has now been taken over. It's now owned by another brewery. I don't like it when things change hands. I'm not, I'm not good about that. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. And uh, another one here. This is uh, LBC listening to the brilliant show at Byron Bay. Byron Bay. I'd like to go to Byron Bay, just out of curiosity, I think. And uh, <laughs> in line with Peter Andre asking Kate to take a drugs test, could the rest of us ask Pete to take a talent test? That's very unfair. He's got hidden talents. 
don't know what they would be. I can't think of anything. It just seems like having children. But there again, she likes just having children. So she's got the new boyfriend that she's paying for at the moment. And she doesn't have very much money. She's not exactly loaded with money at the moment. Contrary to all the rubbish that you read in the paper about, you know, Katie worth 40 million. She's never appeared in the Sunday Times Rich List. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. So all this baloney that lazy, shoddy journalists write about, you know, you know, she's got 40 million in the bank. I, I kept asking a question. Where? <laughs> which which bank would she have 40 million in? And the truth of the matter is she has to work because she, she's got uh, got a house to look after. And I shouldn't imagine she makes a huge amount of money. I mean, you know, loose women, even if it paid her 600 quid a day, you know, it's quite an expensive programme when you've got four or five people on the on the panel. Sorry, I nearly slurped again. I don't care, actually. I'm good at slurping. I think slurping's good. It always winds one person. One person always writes into me and goes, you've just slurped again. How rude are you? And I go, well, you're still listening, aren't you? So obviously, we can't get rid of you that way. I'll think of something else, actually. And another one says, um, I went with a friend to his hometown of Porthcawl, near Newport in Wales. Who? Who? Who did you go? I, I don't know where you... Um, was that... Um, who, who's in Porthcawl? You have to tell me these things, because I never know, actually. And uh, somebody says, everybody talking about the cannabis oil for Billy. And somebody said, but he is 13. And you go, yeah, but if you look at pictures of him, he's a child. He's a child who suffers from severe epilepsy. I was delighted that they did something. Absolutely delighted that they, they reversed the decision. Because I thought that was the, the worst thing ever. Having seen his mum on the television and heard her on LBC, you know, they weren't asking for very much. He's having epileptic seizures. All the uh, clinicians, all the doctors... In the places around the world where this is legal have said, you know, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. No, some stupid minister decides that he's going to take it away from him. Not even wean him off. Cold turkey. Cold turkey. Small wonder they were saying it's a life and death situation now. And they quickly reversed the, uh, reversed the decision. But it's, it, it's just stupid. They should never have done it in the first place. Never. Uh, Steve, art is wasted. On the Scots. So knock down the Macintosh building and replace it with something useful, like a Primark or a Poundland. I liked that building, actually. I thought that was a really iconic building. I really did. Mainly because it was designed by somebody iconic. And they were halfway through the phase of putting it back together again. So it's, you know, I, I think Scotland, I love it. I, we were talking about Scotland, actually, the other day. Bumped into my friend Paul, whose uh, family were down. And they were uh, thinking, or they are going to go. Last night they went to see the Motown musical. And I think today they're going to do a boat trip up to Hampton Court. And I said, you must do it from Richmond. Do it from Richmond. You can have a cup of tea on the, uh, on the boat. I don't know how much the fare is. I can't remember. But uh, and you go up there, you have a cup of tea, and you just watch the world go by. So it's, seriously, it's the best thing. It depends what the weather's going to be like. And, of course, this morning I left and I forgot to water the hanging baskets. So when I get back this morning, <laughs> out there with the hose, because now, uh, now it's the time, isn't it, for doing it. Uh, the favourite photogenic family... Actually, finally, parting ways. Uh, P.S. Of the 11.5 million, how much of that was a Brucey bonus, says Jim? Do you know, I, I still maintain, I think that Bruce would have been very careful with his money over the years. He's always worked. He's always worked. He's had a very successful TV career. And uh, I think he'd have had a few million. Once he started doing Strictly, I think uh, immediately the money went up substantially. And so that's where the money's come from. But it's very interesting that he hasn't... Um, given any to the children. I think because he's, he's got quite a few children and it would make it a bit difficult. So it's all gone to the wife and I think they'd all be all be quite quite happy with that. I don't think they're the sort of family that would bicker about stuff like that. You know, she'll she'll still live in the house, Swanelia, and uh, the kids will 
go round and they'll have Christmas and they've got great memories. That's the one thing that you've got. If somebody's been on the television, you know, on a regular basis, you've always got things like that to look at. So in the case of Bruce's family, you know, you can go back on YouTube. Donkey's years, donkey's years. Watch him doing Beat the Clock at the Palladium, working with Norman Wisdom, working with all those people, dancing with Sammy Davis Jr., you know, being interviewed on, on chat shows. You've, you've got that. It's like Dale. You know, you, you can go onto YouTube. You can find him on... You can find him with me, actually, on Five's Company, where... Uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. He might have just come... I think we were, they were looking for guests in the early uh, in the early start of Five's Company, and, and they said, do you think Dale had come on? I said, well, I'll ask him. Well, he couldn't stop him. He loved it. He absolutely, anything like that, he loved it. And it had an audience, which was even... Uh, even oh, the dickens is that? Even, uh, even better. I keep finding... I keep finding black hairs all over me. I don't even have black hair. Where did that come from? Is that odd? I've just seen, I've just picked that up now. Anyway, so uh, so he's he's on there. You can go through YouTube and you can you can chart somebody's career. Really, it's 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 quite amazing, quite amazing. Uh, oh golly, Holly, yes, Holly Willoughby almost launched a sex toy range by mistake. There's obviously money in this kind of thing, isn't it? I'm obviously missing out somewhere along the line. They go, oh, sex toys, and you go, what like Battlestar Galactica with your clothes off, nude Twister or something like that. I don't know actually. I'm not very well up on those sort of things. I've heard of them, obviously, but um, I've just never been. I mean, what would, would you buy? No, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Colleen Rooney says she won't be taking a chance on Strictly. Thank God for that. I mean, to be honest with you, I think mainly because they say you might have to talk, and she'd be going. <laughs> uh, the newbie girl on Love Island. Two more desperados have joined the uh, the ever expanding clip. Apparently, this one's really intelligent. Uh, obviously, intelligent enough to want to go on Love Island. But, uh, but it, it isn't delivering, is it, at the moment? Nobody's actually doing it, apart from snogging, that dreary Danny Dyer. That's the girl, as opposed to the, uh, to the father. Uh, troubled aunt who's found love with his PA. They always do that, don't they? Apparently, she's, she's got two children. Whether she's married, I'll have to find out later. And uh, Pete Dean, formerly of EastEnders, lovely Peter Dean, says he was trying to mend a feud with Leslie Grantham. Now, somebody said to me the other week, they said, oh, oh, you know, because you got it all wrong about him. He said he was getting better. No, everybody knew what he had. Close friends knew exactly what he had. It just wasn't being released to members of the public. So I'm sorry if we didn't let you in on that little one. Yes, everybody knew how ill he was. He'd been ill for, for quite some time, and he just got to the end, I think. But uh, he didn't have very much money. He really didn't have very much money. I think, you know, when, when you've sort of got a job nowadays, I think the thing to do is start saving Start saving madly. But no, people who in the know. And I did explain it. I don't know why somebody said, oh, you, you've got it all wrong. I didn't get it wrong at all. I just chose not to tell you that he was uh, he was dying. Because uh, that's not the sort of thing you say, you know. You only have to look at Dale on his programme to realise he wasn't at all well. But, you know, people people didn't didn't really know he was that ill. Stacey Solomon is in some of the papers today. She's got body fear. She's paranoid about her body. I don't think anybody is happy with their body. Seriously, I don't know anybody who could stand naked in front of a mirror and go, yeah, I'm really happy with everything. Why are you smiling? You're happy with everything? God, how depressing. I've never stood in front of... So when you get out of the shower, do you stand in front of the mirror and go, yeah, not bad? Is that... Yeah. Uh, have you been to the shower at the end here? There's mirrors. The whole shower is mirrored. Oh, right. Oh, it's very good. But it's mirrored. It's mirrored, frighten the life out. I thought it was somebody else in there. I thought it was a double shower. And I kept thinking, who in God's name is standing next to me? Me. 
me standing next to me. But no, I don't, I don't think anybody's happy. I keep seeing all these adverts on the television for all this stuff where you sit on it and you work backwards and forwards and it'll do your abs. And, you know, and I think to myself, do you know, I can't be bothered. I really can't be bothered. I'm not one of those sort of fit people. I mean, it must be very nice. I've got friends of mine over in, over in Spain, uh, Chris and Steve, as you know, and they're like super fit. I mean, not an ounce of fat. You couldn't pinch an inch. I promise you, it's, it's, re it's really, they're that tight. Whereas me, can make a set of luggage. Well, I mean, not a huge set of luggage, but a set of luggage nevertheless. LBC News time, it's 5.30. And uh, the latest headlines this morning with Philip Chrysikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Sunday. I think, oh, the, um, if you went yesterday, it's on again today, West End Cares. Is it West End Cares? It's, it's, all the, uh, it's all the shows from the West End. You got them yesterday. They're down in Trafalgar Square. You should, uh, you should go. You should go. And you can, you know, if the weather's going to be nice, you can watch some very, very, very talented people. I don't know which shows are featuring today, but uh, it should be absolutely brilliant, as always. As always. It was good last year. In fact, I was watching some, um, uh, uh, some footage on YouTube. Uh, right. It's more of your uh, texts and emails. Trying, a lot of people telling me, well, one... Uh, the Pete has just got this new job, and uh, he is the voice of Ace in the Thomas the Tank Engine film. But of course, Pete, being Pete, has now said, "Oh right, I'm looking forward to doing some more voiceovers." I thought you've only just done one, dear. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make you a voiceover person. But uh, yes, we know that uh, each each time a person has an epileptic seizure, it kills off brain cells. I know that for a fact, as my husband died because of it. Way back at Christmas 99. My heart uh, goes out for young Billy and his family. So well done to his mum who stood her ground. Uh, Re-Father's Day. Sadly, my dad passed a few weeks ago. So bless you all who are in the same boat spending on our, uh, on our first fathers. It's, it's very interesting, actually. I'm part of your spike, says Sharon. So you should be. It's true. Though, I mean, I don't think when I was younger that we followed Father's Day. I, I, I really can't remember. It's like, you know, when you get to that stage where you call your... Well, I did. You called my dad Daddy. And he got to that stage and he said, he said, I think you can call me Dad or Father. And I went, OK, sir, that'll be OK. And um, I, I was never too sure. It's like, you know, you call your mum, Mum. You know, very rarely would you call her Mummy. Unless it was something really desperately bad that you'd done, in which case you had to sort of kind of grovel very, very quickly. Or you wanted something really, you know, like, um, could I have some mummy, please, please, love you. You know, but I could never cope with that programme on the television where you go on holiday and your parents follow and they're spying on you, you know, whilst you're getting absolutely... All these people seem to do on these holidays is get drunk. That's all people do nowadays, he says, having staggered back from the pub yesterday. Honestly, what a sight I must have looked. Supported by two ladies uh, who got me all the way back. <laughs> Even Hillary got me back across the other side of the road. She said, I'll, I'll leave you here, she said, and so left us there. It was very sweet, very sweet. So I'll probably have to go and eat humble pie or take flowers or something like that. Oh, good news is Kylie's planning another album, just when you thought you couldn't get away from her. No, she's planning another album. She's obviously got so much material left over from the first one. Uh, Meghan Markle, I don't really care, actually. I just see that as being a bit of cynical PR. Don't you think so? Uh, also, the the model... Well, she's not really a model. She's a lookalike. She's a Princess Beatrice impersonator. And she says it's destroyed her love life. Well, well I mean, I looked at the picture. She doesn't look like Princess Beatrice. Because, you know, if you've, nowadays you see people, you know, quite, quite a long time. You see them, you know, and when you see them on the television and everything else. So we know what they look like. Fern McCann feels the time is right for love. Yeah, I think maybe keep quiet about that one, actually, Fern. Do you not reckon? 
You know, I don't think anybody's going to be sort of... Unless they're desperate for publicity, like the one who's currently going out, that Z-lister with, uh, with Katie Price. Uh, people addicted to Fortnite. We were talking about this yesterday. It is very, very addictive. It's a computer game, and it's free, but you buy things on it. I don't... Listen, don't even bother explaining it to me, because I couldn't care less. I don't do computer games. And I've just never been interested. I'm more interested in the fact that they're going to produce Michael Jackson as a hologram on stage. He will be performing and he'll move and everything. It's a a very clever technique. They've uh, done it with Elvis Presley. They're going to do it with Michael Jackson. They've done it with uh, a few other people, uh, including Billie Holiday, where the person is projected onto the stage and they they move because it is the real person. But it's a hologram. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. I like the idea that they've, they've done it with Elvis. Must be very disconcerting. Very disconcerting. Uh, Steve, uh, I've just watched you break dancing in an orange tracksuit. How many jelly beans had you neck that day? Oh, quite a few. Quite a few. Yes. I don't know why they got me to do those things. I, I've got all sorts of things. Steve, I'm six foot six and I've gone from 24 stone to 19 and a half. And I have a few stone to go. But love what I see naked in the mirror. Sure, I recognise I'm still technically obese, but I now know how to lose that and have just finally got uh, to, to what my weight was when I met my wife 16 years ago. So I, I've lived every wrinkle, every stretch mark. Yeah, I mean, yes. So, but it's, I mean, I would love to sort of, you know, go to bed, you take a tablet and you wake up in the morning and you are exactly the right weight that you want to be. You know, so you can sort of go back and go, I don't know what would be an ideal weight, I don't know. 11 and a half, 12 stone. I don't know, for somebody who's nearly six foot, probably 11 and a half, 12 stone. But, uh, but you just, and then you think, perhaps I should have liposuction. And then you think, no, I've seen them doing it. Oh, have you seen them doing it? The, the needle thing that goes into you is like two foot long. And they put it in there and they waggle it about inside to suck the fat out. I mean, seriously, it even looks horrible. It even looks horrible to do. And then you, th- and you think, ah, oh, because I've heard of people who've had their jaws wired up. So now that you can't get anything in your mouth. And and you talk, yeah, but all you do is get it liquidised. I knew I knew that there was this woman. She was in the papers, and she'd had her jaws wired up to stop her eating. So she just literally shoved everything: chips, steak, Brussels sprouts, the whole lot, carrots, in the liquidizer, and then got it that way. Sounds revolting, though. Just I mean, that seemed to work for her. But there's so much pressure on people nowadays. I've got a friend of mine. She lives down in Brighton. She'll be up really early. Yesterday morning, she was up really early, and she'll have gone out for an early morning run. And loads of people do it in London. We see them all the time on a Sunday in um, in the park. You see loads of people. In fact, actually, as the weather gets a bit better and it's not as overcast, you get more and more people running through. They never look happy. I've never seen anybody looking happy. They've always got miserable faces. And it just doesn't interest me. I know, it's, I know you're supposed to feel really good about yourself, but I just don't fancy it. I did it when I was at school. And, you know, I've done my fair share of walking. I've done little bits of walking. I'm sort of... I'm generally OK. I was getting off the bus the other day in Richmond. Where was I going? I was going somewhere. And um, and a couple get off the bus. And uh, and she says, oh, hi, Steve, we're, we're, we're off to Kew Gardens. That's right, because I said, where are you going? And they, they bought historic royal palaces. They said, because you were talking about it. And I said, oh, brilliant. So they were off to, to Kew Gardens the other day to have a, have a nice time there. So well worth it. Check, check out, you know, you can get a nice uh, family ticket and it'll last you all year. And you can go as many times as you want. Many times as you want. So I think they actually get a concession for Kew Gardens. Plus, uh, you can go to Kew Palace, which is very good. Uh, Steve, does the high pollen count affect you? Uh, No, not in the slightest. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. 
Oh, we've got uh, an a cappella Thomas and Friends song. Is this with Peter Andre singing? Oh, you little temptress. Honestly, you would give it to me. Go on, give it to me now. Free, free and easy. Free, free and easy. But I cannot get used to being your caboose because I still like to decide. Why has he put on a fake American accent? He's Greek. (laughs) Free and easy. Free and easy. Free. Well, that just kind of sums him up, doesn't it, really? Easy and free. Um, Because that's Peter Andre. And that's the Thomas and Friends song, Friends. Lovely. Has that changed your Sunday morning? I know. Probably turned you to drink, I should imagine. I'm trying not to do that to people this morning. Uh, I went with my Welsh friend Wayne as he was 50 on Thursday. 50, honestly. 50. I don't know what 50 means nowadays. I don't know. But uh, his lovely nephew and wife put us up for the night. With no warning, we had to share the double bed, which is fine with me, but I think he sort of protests too much. Anyway, woke up and he was on the floor. Because uh, we were doing sort of the, the cuddling bit. Oh, Lord, honestly. Not sure about the cuddling bit. I, do you know, there's one thing about people invading your space in bed. Phil is, uh, is in bed in Bournemouth. His wife's asleep. We know she's asleep. We can probably hear her from here, actually. <laughs> but he cuddles his wife when he's in bed. I'm surprised anybody didn't get any sleep if somebody's trying to cuddle you. You know, do you sleep? Is, are you spooning? We had a story about spooning earlier on. I'm not sure I want to go into it, actually. It's a, I'm sure it's one of the... You know, when somebody sort of says something to you and you think, what are you trying to tell me here? You know, I'm not... You know, and so I just I just sort of smile and go, you know, what would the Queen Mother do? And um, and sort of just... Because people people tell me things. And I try not to appear shocked. Because this, this was a, a story involving two people I know who ended up in a field together. And I'm thinking, but, you know, is this... Is this dream interpretation? I mean, it didn't actually physically happen, but, you know, it could have happened. So, is it dream interpretation? I, d- I mean, I, d- I don't know. I've t- I, d- I get recurring dreams sometimes. Mainly mine involve height. I'm not very good with height at all. I'm generally on some castle battlements. And also, stone stairs that go up and there's a door off to the left. And I've been there loads of times. Loads of times. But only if I eat cheese before I go to bed. If you eat cheese before you go to bed, then you actually end up Having dreams. Well, I've always done that. People say to me, can you guarantee dreams? If you eat cheese before you go to bed, yes, for some inexplicable reason. I don't know why it would be cheese, whether there's something... I've really got no idea. But it always works for me. I always end up having a dream. And sometimes it's with people that I know. And you know, you sort of sometimes ask, you know, do you think the person who I was dreaming about was dreaming about me at the same time? Is that entirely possible, that you can both be on the same tie line? So you're thinking about somebody and they're thinking about you. Because I'll do that at home. I'll sit there thinking, oh, so-and-so's not phoned me for a while. As opposed to me picking up the phone. It tends to be people phoning me. And, so, and then all of a sudden the phone will ring. And it'll be that person. Might not be exactly that day, but certainly after I've thought about it. And you think, no, is that me sending out vibes? Because I'm not superstitious. I'm not psychic in any way, uh, any way shape or form. I'm just sort of, I just sort of have these bizarre, bizarre dreams. One of those mornings, so warm here. Says Stephen Hamburg. Dogs need a walk, but I feel like staying in bed. After all, it is Sunday. How do you do it? I don't know. Just get up. Just get... Cold water splashed on your face is always a good one. Cold water splashed anywhere is actually quite nice. That sort of, you know, you sort of get there and you sort of think, yeah, and then you clean your teeth and then you brush your hair. Huh? Only joking about the hair bit. And, uh, and then you sort of get in the car and you sort of, you think, yeah, it's another nice day. And it's actually quite nice. I don't know what it's going to be like later on. 
got to try and remember what I've done with a car now. One of those sort of uh, things. You sort of, you sort of lose car, and then it sort of turns up. Going to a, a classic car show, Tony and Haley at Groombridge today. Pop along, you'd love it. Yes, and uh, John in Bayswater, no. Not some performing animal. Uh, I'm with you with the Princess Beatrice lookalike, struggling to see the resemblance, says little Julie. I know, I can't understand it either. Why is it you get the, these people and they go, and this is so-and-so, and you go, is it? Is it? Probably isn't most of the time. Uh, so the people this morning, lifesaver. My Billy has won his cannabis oil back. Now I'll fight for thousands of other children to get help too. And so well done to her and to him. He's a much happier person, believe you me. A much, much happier person. I'd, I'd feel better if he had a haircut, but to be honest with you, it's so far down the line of things to worry about. But uh, there's a list in the paper today of what you can buy, what you can't buy. And uh, so now they've let this one through. They can't actually ban anybody else from bringing it in, can they? Because they're going to go, wait a minute, you've just allowed him to have it. Why, why can't we have it as well? Sunita, uh, talking about uh, one of Simon Cowell's guests who grabbed her. And Simon went, get your hands off, which is uh, what he does because he's a good lad. Uh, Stacey Solomon... Apparently, because they have loads of health stories on loose women. But uh, unfortunately, they're all so paranoid on there that they've all got the ailments. And now Stacey Solomon says all that health talk on loose women has made me paranoid about my own health. Um, I don't know why. I mean, can't can't they separate themselves from it? But there is a a, a story which doesn't... You don't want to separate it. This is um, a Father's Day tale of a proud dad who lives by his late wife's rules. And we'll tell you about that in a moment. It's quarter to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Free, free and easy. So exciting, is it? Peter Andre sings for us, boys and girls. There you go. Good old Pizzi. So we don't ever hear from, from him again. Here is the strange but true story of a family and a very proud dad. He's got lots of children. He's got lots of children and he lives by his late Wife's rules, and uh, here they are. This is the uh, this is Ian Millthorpe, and he's got a lovely family. He really has. And when it comes to raising his eight children, he has spectacular results. A fifteen-point plan written by his wife Angie has guided him since she died in 2010. So he's plaited hair, ironed shirts, made sure the kids are in before dark, vetted boyfriends and girlfriends. And he's now using the same rule to raise a new generation, his five grandchildren. And uh, lovely they are too, because he, the, the kids he's got at the moment, he's got Jade, 15, Ella, 11, Corey, 12, Jake, 15, Connor, 19, Reese 27, Damon, 29, and Ryan, 32. And they're a very happy-looking family. And now they've got the grandchildren as well, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a nice story of our time. And, uh, you know, out of sadness comes, hopefully, a little bit of happiness for them today. Because Father's Day is difficult, especially if you don't have... Where's that gone? Especially if you don't have a father. You know, if if you've lost your father years ago, you'll be sort of saying, well, why do we get this shoved down our noses? You know, you get all sort... You know, people get miserable, don't they? Especially coming up to Christmas, you always remember things like that. Uh, Steve, uh, here, says, whoopee, Andy Murray's back. Wasn't aware he'd gone away. What did we do badly at the other day? Was it cricket again? I think we're dreadful at cricket, aren't we? I don't know why we bother. Uh, Whoopi, Andy Murray's back. I'd wish he'd wear better shorts. The ones he wears now are so scruffy, says Dave. <laughs> I like that. And uh, Winnie says, I have my radio on all night. I've just woken to your dulcet tones. Uh, Neil enjoyed Dale's travel programme. Uh, that was the last thing that he uh, that he recorded. And you can see 
on it that he's uh, he's obviously not not very well at all, and I think he probably realised himself that he wasn't he wasn't particularly good. He had a hacking cough and all sorts of things, but uh, it was just one of those things. I, I don't think he did illness very well. I don't think it, I mean I don't remember in all the years that he ever had a cold. I know it seems ridiculous, but I don't think he ever had a cold. I think he just smoked his way through it because he always smoked from the very first time I, I met him. He was uh, he was a fairly good smoker, as they say. He loved his cigarettes. Oh, he loved it. God, did he ever. Uh, Peter to XKT, take a drugs test. Peter Andre has asked her to have a drugs test for fear she's returned to her wild partying ways. Well, what's he going to do with you? You're not married to her? You're not married to her. I mean, unless you're doing it, you know, for the sake of the children, but they are shared. And presumably, you know, she could go to court and he, he could probably go to court and say she's not a fit mother or something. I don't know. I'm really not sure about it. I th- it's these people who play their lives out in the press. They seem to enjoy doing it because they get paid for telling us about their boring existence. I couldn't care less, you know, whether she goes out drinking, whether he's as boring as heck. I'm, I'm not interested in the wife. I couldn't care less. But uh, they they get them on front page of OK magazine and we're supposed to give a damn. Frankly, my dear, as they say in the business, I don't. I'm like a Shetland pony, says Lorraine Kelly. I'll just keep on going. We quite like Shetland pony. I wonder why she thought of a Shetland pony. I quite like them. I always wanted a little horse. A little horse. You know, one of those little tiny little things. I always quite fancy that one. Love Island is getting some brains. Two super smart women are joining the show tonight. Obviously not. Uh, Zara McDermott. It's a government advisor who reckons her top job will impress the blokes. Don't be stupid. Of course it won't. It'll be when you get your boobs out in your bikini. That's what will impress them. They're a bit Neanderthal, dear. You've not been watching the programme. Then there's Geordie Ellie Brown, a business development manager. What's that mean? They always give them posh... What are you, dear? Business development manager. What does that mean? It means I sit at home because I'm on the dole and I think of things. Lovely. But anyway... Uh, looking for love here. Well, it must be really boring. If you have to go on a television programme with five Neanderthals, and that's your idea of looking for love, could you not sort of go over there and sort of go, I don't like any, you've got any others? Don't like the look of these ones, they're a bit thick and stupid. Zara, a Department for Education policy advisor, worked as a model before going into politics. Of course she did. Of course she did. You know, <laughs> that's what they do now. What do you do, dear? Model? OK, what are you now? Business development advisor. All right. Not not much hope in modelling for you, was there, really? There are two sides to me, she says. She's Essex. A lot of people are interested in what I do on a day-to-day basis. No, they're not. We're seriously not interested in anything you do, OK, or even talk about. She says, there are two sides. I can be quite serious, but I'm also spontaneous, fun and energetic. God, you sound boring already, don't you? Make a mental note of that one. She's the Essex girl. Uh, also, the bride-to-be spends a fortune as 20 pals, tie the knot in three years. I don't know who she is, actually, but she spent £17,000, but I'll be there for you. But that's what they, they say, don't they? As you, you get the the um, the bride and the groom. They're standing inside the church, and ahead of them is the aisle. At the very end of the aisle, cross, that's the altar. And, um, and then, I can't remember what the other thing was about, actually, but it's a case of aisle, altar, you... Uh, which is exactly what happens. Final months of the East Ender star, Leslie Grantham broke and planning his own funeral. Yes, there was a lot of things he didn't uh, tell people about. He was, mind you, Christopher Timothy's in the papers today talking about cancer, a men who don't get themselves checked out. And it's only when you get programmes in the morning where people will tell you how to check yourself. You know, up until then, nobody had the faintest idea. Most men would never go to the doctor's. And say, you know, um, could you have a 
Could you have a look at this? Most men don't do that. They're too scared to go in case the doctor goes, Whoa, we'll hold you in for a few more tests. You go, Whoa, what's that all about? Terrible. Uh, I'm glad you think you dream when you eat cheese as well, but the way you crack him out in the morning, whilst I'm delivering bread. I'm do. I'm, I swear by the fact it's cheese. I swear. Lovely to hear you talk about lunching at Joe Allen's and the Barmy Arms, two places I've been to as well. Yes, I, I always, well, I've been eating at Joe Allen's since uh, about th- 38 years. Uh, I watched Dale's programme last night and thought he looked quite sad as well as poorly. He was being quite jovial and flirty too, but there was a sadness in his eyes, especially when he visited the psychic. Oh, he loved psychics. He loved stuff like that. But um, I, th- I think he was a lot iller, a lot iller than he, uh, than he thought. Uh, which is a shame, really, because, you know, you know, people deserve to sort of have uh, as much luck as possible. But uh, off to hospital on the 28th, have my second hip replaced. I should be listening, says Jan in South Norwood. Good luck with that one. I don't know what they do when they do hip replacement. Does it hurt? I know a friend of mine, a friend of a friend. Uh, she's just had a pacemaker put in and they're tiny. They do it just through your shoulder. They make a little incision. We're taking things off now. Is this part of it today? You're hot now. Won't be in a minute. You watch. Six o'clock, this temperature will plummet in these studios. Oh, yeah? Oh, no end to your excitement this morning, is there? Obviously a, a pioneer of Bear grills. It's like if ever I went off with Bear grills, I'd just have to starve because I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't catch anything and then kill it and eat it. I'd have to go vegetarian. I'd be a bit like that, I think, actually. Uh, Steve, uh, dry, like your humour. Expected to be wet later, like your hanging baskets. <laughs> Like my hanging basket. Actually, I must take a picture today. I'm being, I'm being really very lax about it because it's all, it's, it's come into fruition. I've lost one hanging basket. Was it two? I might have lost two. And so I've had to replace them. Uh, but that's OK because I did that yesterday and they just about fitted on the back of the car. Provided I put cloths down and everything else. Uh, my second day without my dad, I know he'd be snapping at me to turn the radio down. Percolate is espresso. And... Uh, and sort of look at the lumpy porridge. So Father's Day, chocolate and cappuccino for me in tribute to him. How do you celebrate? I don't. I should probably be having this morning for breakfast scrambled egg on white toast. Extra toast. And uh, I shall either have a pot of Earl Grey tea or I'll have a double espresso. And that's, that's about as exciting as my day gets today. I might. I mean, I got the car cleaned yesterday, so that's, a, so that's an avenue of pleasure that's finished. Uh, talking of an avenue of pleasure, the stars are uniting for a record... But we haven't had a charity record in this country. I thought for ages and ages, they used to be quite regular. You go, oh, God, who are they dragged out for this one? And it's to boost the NHS on its 70th birthday. Now, whether or not it needs a charity record, I've got no idea. So they've got various people who are coming together, including well-known songstresses. Here we go. Una Healy. Colleen Nolan. What? And somebody called Marina of Marina and the Diamonds. Anybody on that one? Nope. But that's to boost the NHS. Well, they don't need boosting. They're going to be getting this 380 million quid a week, you know, to the tune of God knows how much money going into it. This is money that we would have paid to the EU, but I think they're going to put taxes up. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. Because they say, how else are you going to pay for it? Uh, Bill in Blackburn, he says, uh, enjoy your show. Nice to hear a familiar voice in the lounge in the mornings. It is, it is true. And Richard says, I'm astonished that major uh, pharmaceutical companies are missing an opportunity to make money with cannabis oil. Perhaps they've not thought of it. Or perhaps the Prime Minister's... um, Oh, that's Marina and the Diamonds. Oh, right. Who is she? I don't know who she is. I mean, have they had a big hit single that I'm not aware of? Is it? You're not aware of them either. Oh, right. There's only 
only a photo of her. We don't know who the diamonds are. I quite like the idea. Marina. It's not a very, not a very good name, Marina, is it? I don't think so. Marina and the Diamonds. Sounds a bit dated, but uh, anyway, she was there. She was there, and she's quite uh, quite pretty. She's wearing an Alice band, so there might be hair attached to it. I don't know. I'm always intrigued by sort of what people look like with makeup and without makeup, and uh, and so because it's so clever now. They did a thing on the on YouTube, and it was that drag queen who was in um, Celebrity Big Brother, and it showed him going from man into a woman, and how how complicated it was. The amount of makeup, uh, Marina. Oh, her real name is Marina Lambrini Diamandis. Known pro- <laughs> Somebody's really called Lim- Lambrini. What heavens above? Uh, known professionally as Marina and the Diamonds, a Welsh singer and songwriter, Diamandis has described herself as an indie artist with pop goals and often analyses components of human behaviour in her music. She's beginning to bore the pants off me already. What does that mean? Analyses components of human behaviour in her music. That's so complicated. It's, you know, why can't life be so much simpler? Oh, God, I don't know. Anyway, still to come, it's the news at six o'clock this morning. Uh, some of the other stories we'll be looking at. Uh, Grenfell, they say, the fire legacy dream. It's to be a beacon of hope. Amazon delivers workers' victory. Factory uh, will improve. The £4 million lottery winner, who is a bit of a pain and is still hanging around, has bought a second-hand BMW. That's a story, is it, nowadays? Good Lord. Troubled Ant seems to have found love with a PA and a film crew who went out with them as well at the same time. Number one dog in the UK, the French Bulldog. People obviously like them. And M&S may axe its own label to fix the fashion crisis. All of that and more in a minute. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. This is your uh, final day of the weekend. Back to work tomorrow. I know you're thrilled, aren't you? I can. T- <laughs> People always get to Sunday and they go, "Is it seriously nearly finished already?" You go, "Yep, you've got today to do." So here in London, we've got West End live, and that's all the West End shows that'll come together. And uh, it starts probably about twelve o'clock, I would think today, something like that. And uh, what else have we got in town? Well, that's it. Over in Twickenham, we got some... Well, we had it yesterday. Whether it's the same today, I don't know. And that was quite nice. But we ended up, you know, ending up at the Barmy Arms, which was much nicer to go and sit outside there. And I could have had something to eat, because I didn't eat for ages uh, yesterday. In fact, till I actually got back from the, uh, from the public uh, hostelry. Uh, happy Father's Day. It's just an expensive way of... I mean, you can't even do flowers or chocolates, can you? You're not going to take your dad flowers or chocolates, so... You know, what do you buy somebody, an ounce of his favourite tobacco or something it used to be, uh, or a bottle of wine, or I don't know what else you'd buy your dad. Toffees. Whereas, you know, for your mum, you'd probably buy chocolates. For your dad, you'd probably buy Werther's Originals or something like that. Uh, front page of the uh, Mirror today, uh, Sunita, my sex attack hell at Cowell Home. Uh, also, uh, Paul Dark. I've not seen it, so I've got no idea who any of these people are. But apparently, they might be going out, or they might not be going out. And he's taken his shirt off, and you know, and that's what everybody does nowadays. That's what they all do. It. They all do it. I've discovered actually, when they do that program, Take Me Out, you have all these women on there, and and then they bring on somebody who's obviously been to the gym about five hundred times, and then he sort of shows the fact he can do a backflip or something. And the guys go, woo, and then the lights start going out. When they do the, the pensioner version, the lights stay on all the time. They're grateful for anybody to talk to. They go for him in a big way, whoever it happens to be. But it, it's the younger ones. The women go, oh, no, not going to go for that. I mean, some of the blokes, I mean, I was quite surprised when they actually appeared on there after women. I seriously, you know, if you spend that much time in the gymnasium, it's a little bit narcissistic. I don't want to make a big deal about it. But, you know, if you're into body worshipping, you know, and there are, I mean, the worst ones 
have, have got to be the bodybuilders. You know, the people that go out there and then paint themselves with creosote so you can see all their sort of definition and stuff like that. And I used to have a next-door neighbour, Dave, who was, a, who was a bodybuilder as well. And he, like, ballooned up. He went enormous. Absolutely. And I remember thinking, because I used to know some bodybuilders years ago, and when they, when they put trousers on, their legs are so big that they, they sort of have sort of, they sort of lollop as they walk. They couldn't sort of walk because they couldn't get their legs together. And I thought to myself, I think that's when it becomes an obsession. So that, you know, there's a difference between being fit and you see them advertised on the telly. But these people are probably fit all the time. Some people are naturally thin. Some people, like me, you've only got to look at six cream cakes and the weight goes on. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't sort of make a particular big effort. I mean, I, I, I try to watch what I eat. I, th- I think I'm fairly, fairly good with it. <laughs> the doctor will probably not tell me when I go back in this week. Uh, Dirty Den died broke. These are all the, uh, the stories in the papers today. He had a little bit of money, but he was working. He was eking it out. It was eking it out, as indeed I'm sure loads of people do in the, uh, the business. Oh. Why has one got the shirt off and one hasn't got their shirt off? I know who the shirt man is, but why, why has he kept his shirt on? If, I mean, and why, and why have you got this picture? This is this after the other thing. This is, we're heading down a particular road here, aren't we? I can tell. You keep showing me these images, and I'm sort of thinking, you know, like, why? <laughs> Do you have any other, any other pictures in your armoury that you're going to throw at me? You on the beach in Mykonos or something. Is that going to be the next one? Oh, look, here's me and my Speedo. You know they're going to stop selling Speedos. They're going to stop selling them. I don't know why. I remember reading that the other day in the paper. I thought, well, what are the, what are the Russian weightlifters going to do? Because they all wear Speedos. Everybody did. When you were a little kid, you wore Speedos. We didn't know they were called Speedos. They were just called, called your swing trunks. And then you'd get to the end of the day and then your mum would whip, whip them off you and then dry them out. It's like, they're swimming trunks. Who cares whether they're dry? But, of course, you suddenly realise the next day you can't put wet swimming trunks on. It's horrible. It's horrible. Not very nice at all. Uh, Frank Bruno has revealed double joy. His two daughters prepare to be mums. So that's good news. He's, uh, he's got a book out, I think. He's, he, he has a book out, uh, which is sort of being Frank. I think it's called being Frank. But what, what it is, it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a book telling you about his, uh, his, his journey through life. Everybody's got journeys, haven't they? Everybody's been on a journey. The producer's been on quite a few, mainly involving fields. But, uh, as I say, with sort of people I know. Can't wait for next week. Next week there'll be a video. You watch it. It'll, it'll, I'll, I'll come in and go, oh, look, I've got a little video. You remember what I was talking about? Oh, yeah, OK, lovely. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> might have to start preparing the programme elsewhere, actually. Might make it easier. Uh, what else we got in the papers today? Yasmin Alibi... Bra- oh, no, the woman who was eaten alive by a snake. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen... These anacondas, they grow to tremendous lengths, tremendous lengths. And uh, this uh, woman, uh, who was called Wa Titibas, that's, that's her name, and uh, her two children discovered the 27-foot beast barely able to move a day after she went missing whilst gardening in Indonesia. Horrifying footage of the snake being cut open showed the 54-year-old's head was towards the tail and her feet at its mouth, meaning she'd been swallowed head first. Ugh! You can't think of anything worse, can you? I mean, I've seen them doing antelope, where they even managed to get the, um, the horns in as well. You know, you've got really big horns, and they can dislocate their jaw. But this one still had the, uh, the woman's body in it. It swallowed her. Head first, and what you do is it inches you down the body. 
So it sort of does that, then it sort of reticulates. Oh, I don't know what it does or something. I can't remember. But it sort of it it sort of shunts you in a bit, like being on sort of a, a sort of a little trolley kind of thing. Except you can't turn around and get back out again. You're kind of, and then the enzymes and all the other gubbins inside uh, starts diluting you. Can you imagine, honestly, what a frightening thing. It's like being taken by a crocodile, isn't it? <gasps> Ghastly. Or a shark, a great white. Why do we want to go swimming with sharks? I've seen people swimming with sharks, and then and they say, oh, you know, you know, and then all of a sudden a great white appears, and they go, now don't panic. Don't panic. Are you mad? Good God, I'd be doing a Popeye the Sailor Man thing out the ocean as quick as possible. Uh, Steve, uh, oh, a lot of people talking about the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies not being interested in this. I bet they are. I bet they just haven't talked about it. Uh, how was your bus trip? Oh, Friday. Did I do it on Friday? I can't remember. Or did I did it when I can't remember. Anyway, whatever it is, it's it's doable on Wednesday. This is because I've got to go in and it's a 9.15 appointment, which is early. So I've worked out because I've done it twice now. I've caught an early train to Kingston and then the later train and I can make it on both of them. So I'm like I'm well, well prepared for this. I could get off at Norberton or wherever it is and it's a two minute walk or I can go to Kingston and then get a bus which takes me right into the hospital. And the walk will take me right into the hospital and it's because it's only two minutes. So uh, I'm quite pleased I've actually done the uh, the research. It was good, isn't it, really? I was, I was quite impressed. Didn't really want to take a day off. Uh, 84850, Steve, some screeching warbling on your show, singing free, has just woken me from a, from a deep slumber. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That was Peter Andre in the, uh, in the new Thomas the Tank Engine film. I don't, I don't really know where Peter Andre's career is going. It seems to meander about all over the place. There's no sort of dedicated career. I think in his mind he thinks he's, he's a pop star, but of course he's not. So he, uh, so he does a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of, of something else, and then brings another child into the world. Uh, 84850, steveatlbc.co.uk. Um, a lot of people talking about this fire. I think it's very important, very important. Steve, I enjoyed Dale's programme last night very much. Thought of you. We're off to visit my sister, says Jill, in West Florida. So I hope he does a programme from the Pacific side. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think there was just that, that lot. That was, that was the last thing that he, uh, that he filmed. Uh, Steve, you catch plenty with Bear grills, a cold, flu, gangrene, says Tony. It's very clever, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, these people who can do self... Self-sufficient stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be very good at that. I'd be bored with the other people as well. Can you imagine? Oh, dear Lord. You know, people going, oh, did I tell you? But no, and I really don't care. You know, because they all think they've actually got a good story to tell. Unfortunately, they haven't. <laughs> they've got the most bored. That's why all these people are single. That's why they're single. Uh, never take soup at a dinner dance. My husband did, and he slurped so loudly, the couple at the next table got up to dance. By the way, a day that starts with a laugh... Could never be that bad, says Linda. There you go. It's true, actually. If you start the day with a laugh, the whole day will go really, really well. Really will. I might even undo an extra button on the shirt today when I'm walking around Regent's Park, you know. Because I quite like... I, I tell you what I like doing. It, I mean, I, sometimes my feet get a bit worn out, but there you go. And, uh, and I was sort of... The other week we were there, and the howler monkeys, which they've got in this... I mean, seriously, they must be a couple of miles away. You can hear them as if they're next to you. So you can imagine in the jungle these things. Oh, 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 oh. I can't do it actually. It makes me sound a bit stupid, but I'm probably doing something else then. And um, and it's sort of and you can hear them really clearly, really clearly. I have to wonder if they were sort of let out what they'd be like. Mad, totally mad. Four million pound lotto, Mel. I'm teaching my partner to drive to save money. Go away, you're boring. Nobody cares. And um, and then 
a woman here. There's always a story in the papers. And this is a story about a mum, Rachel Edwards, who stood by her man when he was jailed, only to be devastated when he started a fling with his parole officer. They don't hang around much, do they? She says, the shocking deceit. I stood by him when he went to jail and he thanked me by copping off with his parole officer. Well, uh, that's what people do nowadays. Especially, especially if people like to pretend that they're single or something like that. You know, it's like, I mean, um, come on, I bet you there's loads of people who probably cop off in, in bars. And, you know, so people always say, so, are you going out with anybody? No, no, no. Married? No, 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 no. Do you have a good job? Yes, 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 yes. This is my bus pass. <laughs> and I want to... That's right, it's I'll alter him. Thank you, John. It was the hymn bit. This is the bride and groom standing there, and they look down, they see the aisle, then they look at the end, and there's the altar with everything else on it, and then they all go into their first hymn, and that's exactly what she's thinking. I'll alter him. It's clever, isn't it? It's an old one. It's an old one. Occasionally we resurrect a few old ones. Thank you. Uh, sorry to join you so late, says Viv. She says, I thought about you and your fear of snakes when I heard about the poor woman in Indonesia. Went to do a spot of guarding and the python ate her whole. Uh, they found her when they killed the snake. It's my, my worst nightmare. Do you remember that uh, woman in Australia? That she, go, she hears this noise in the bedroom. She goes in there to discover a python is eating her dog. The dog had just about disappeared inside the mouth of the python. I mean, even worse. Even worse. I mean, that just fills me with horror. Thing, anything like that, I don't, I can't do it. And I've been to zoos loads of times. I've seen things in cages. And I thought, oh, oh, just suppose it gets out of the cage. <laughs> Doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. So thank you, Viv, for, for bringing back the memories. Frightening the life out of me. And um, uh, uh, Dean says, I don't know if I missed anything when I went to make tea, but Peter Andre's character is Australian. Yeah. yeah that's why he's called Ace. We know that. But that's why they picked Peter Andre. He was the cheapest one in his price bracket because he can kind of talk a little bit like that. But it still sounds like Peter Andre. So it doesn't actually make any difference. And uh, somebody says Peter Andre has a lot to offer. Oh, right. That's sweet. Uh, he's a survivor and be in showbiz for years to come. He's not in show business now. What are you on about? Be in show business for years to come. Honestly, I love it when people are right to be telling me about these things. Uh, what channel was Dale on last night? Uh, says Nancy. I can't remember what channel it was. Was it? Three. Screen. Oh, screen. Oh, yes, it's uh, five. Channel five. They've confirmed the former Supermarket Sweep host travel show will return on the 15th of June at 10pm with that long-awaited second episode. So I think he did four. I think he did four, but he didn't uh, He didn't film anything else. As far as I know, so if anybody's got the, the outtakes, I should imagine, should be worth seeing. They reckon? I think so. Because uh, he lives over there. Well, he was living over there. Now he's, uh, he's living on a cloud, I suspect. But if somebody said to me the other day, He's probably very happy where he is now. He hasn't got to worry about anything. There's no worry involved. You know, money, anything. He doesn't need to worry about anything at all. He can just sort of think nice, happy thoughts. Which is what I said the other day. I tweeted and we got so much support. I said, oh, isn't it lovely? You know, that we've you know, got lovely sunny weather in London. And then over in Russia, you've got Robbie Williams singing. And I'm thinking, why would you want to sing for a host country that has so many bad things about, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people. Why would Robbie Williams? I thought he was a big supporter of gay rights. Obviously not. Perhaps he's decided, you know, that was more important than anything else. All I know is that uh, he didn't exactly get great coverage on it at all. Ant's new love. Here she is, a picture of her. Did they not notice the, the photographer? And uh, so he's 42. She's 42. Um... She's uh, separated. 
at 42. And um, a saw said, Anne-Marie's put him back together again. Everybody's thrilled he's found someone to love. Yes, I bet his uh, first wife is delighted. That's really, really exciting. So he's found somebody else. And they've got really good pictures of them. I mean, I don't know. As I say, it's it's not my... Uh, I, we saw a picture a short while ago of her with a dog in the park. So we didn't realise at the time that they were bracing us for this sort of revelation. He, uh, she has been his rock. You know what that's like. You know, they say that's, you know, she's been his rock and she's looked after him. No, he's got loads of other friends. That's a bit of an insult to the other people who stand by him. But they've got loads of pictures. She's got uh, kids. And uh, listen, if he's happy, who cares? Who cares? Doesn't make any difference. He can do what he likes, actually. He can move a harem in, as far as I'm concerned. When I was in uh, rehab 20 years ago, the highlight of the day, Steve, was watching Supermarket Sweep. Cheered us up no end, says Eric. I know. They, I think he filmed. I think he'd filmed more episodes of Supermarket Sweep than any other presenter. I think he'd done something like five hundred and forty-six or so. Whatever it was, it was a hell of a lot. Hell of a lot. And they used to do. I think they were doing three or four in a day, which is you know that's how fast you have to go. So because they were all standalone, so they didn't need need to go in any sequence. Uh, and so if the first one of the new series was not particularly good, they just shove it further down the line. Nobody'll notice it. You seriously wouldn't notice it. You know, you never watch watch a programme and go, oh, I wonder if this was the first one they ever filmed. Invariably, not. Uh, the Love Island girl who chased stars. This is Megan Barton Hansen. She's Chav, because nobody's got silly name. Have I missed a break? Have I, have I had a break? I don't... It's just a little bit late. You're normally better at putting your hand up and asking, you know, but... No. 20 past... OK. Well, it's not too bad. I mean, I could keep it going to 20 past if you like. All right. It's 19 and a half minutes past. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Imagine what a miserable afternoon that turned out to be. But anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So anyway, just going back quickly to this uh, Love Island's Megan Barton Hansen. As I say, it's real pretentious rubbish. Uh, she's a glamour model for that read. She'll get her boobs out. And uh, she's also... Uh, signed up with a celebrity PR agency. I thought this was the one who performed for cameras and things like that. Either way, very tacky. Apparently, she had a dinner date with uh, Chelsea's Belgian World Cup keeper after his uh, tummy stood, stood her up. Oh, she's obviously one of these people who's desperately trying to move herself up the ladder. And so she's been hung around. She's hung around with... Um, Oh, look, Callum Best. Well, there's a surprise. Good old Callum Best. You can always guarantee, can't you, if there's somebody off a television programme who's desperately spinning you the lie that she's on there to find love, you can bet your bottom dollar that the one person she will have slept with is Callum Best. I think he must have a track record like nobody else, but, you know, just a bit sad and tragic, really, isn't it? Oh, look, here's Callum Best. It's your worst nightmare at a dinner party, isn't it? Uh, 84850, uk. Ian says, will you be watching the England match tomorrow at home or down the pub? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of those. Yeah, I'll be doing that. Yeah. Woo! Come on, England. No, I'm not doing anything like that at all. As I say, I'm just waiting for them. I mean, luckily, they've not unpacked their bags, so they can just go straight to the airport, and then we can have them back here. It's point of them sort of kicking a ball around. They're not going to win anything, are they? Definitely not. But, I mean, I, and I really, I cannot get excited about football. I know people do. I, I've seen it, you know, but I'm, I just cannot get excited about it. I just don't. People, you know, grown men cry. Grown, I couldn't even tell you who was in the team. Oh, Rebecca Vardy's dreary husband is in it. That's all I know. I don't know anything. I, we, and we just know her because she's sort of, she's naff. 
And so, you know, she's desperate to be famous. So she'll be going over there. The Russians, I've got the faintest idea who she is. They, go, they have better people serving food in restaurants than Rebecca Vardy. Much better looking, much better looking. Uh, so the reunion for the Spice Girls apparently is off now. Uh, not that we were pinning our hopes on it. I thought they were going to do it, but without Victoria. And now the reunion is off thanks to Victoria. And uh, they say it's at the centre of a huge rift. I don't know, why? Can somebody explain to me why? When you go out and you've been a group, and it happens to loads of them, he's 17, I can think of loads of groups, and they go out there and then they sort of, and then the group finishes, somebody will leave, in this case it was Jerry who left, and then, you know, gradually it sort of peters out, and, 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 and so on and so forth, and, and then all of a sudden, nobody talks to anybody. And they start, look at Girls Aloud, everybody hates Sarah Harding, I mean, obviously an easy, an easy mistake to make, Sarah Harding, that is, as opposed to... Um, to the Saturdays. And, uh, you know, everybody's sick to death of seeing pictures of other people. And so everybody falls out with everybody. And then what did I read the other day? What was Roman, um, Ronan Kempin? Not Kemp. What am I talking about? Ronan Keating. Was he in Boyzone or something like that? They're doing a farewell tour. What for? What for? They're way too old for something like that. The interest wasn't there last time round. What is it with these people? OK, we're splitting up and now we're all going to be something else. OK, fine. Oh, wait a minute. We just decided we need the money, so we're all getting back together again. And you go, don't. Please don't. It's awful. So, you know, Victoria Beckham has said, no, the Spice Girls thing is off. And I don't know whether or not, because it could have made them, they say, they say £30 million each. I think highly unlikely. And also... Victoria doesn't need it unless she's actually sort of propping up, you know, her um, her sort of, uh, what's it? Her sort of um, ailing company. It's one of those sort of things. Mark, one of my producers. Uh, yeah, all right. It's not just all about you. <laughs> Says, I got dragged to a Spice Girls concert once. The vocals were so bad, the engineer kept them really low in the mix to drown it out. He said it was awful. I thought they had auto-tune. That's what I thought. Welcome, Mark, this morning. Hope you're well. Actually, I've decided I'm going to have a big birthday party next year. I say I've decided. I mean, I don't know why I'm thinking about it this early, but you have to think about these things. So, consequently, um, Victoria, they say, has blown most of her money, and uh, but she doesn't want to get back together with them. I don't know why, actually. Even in the Spice Girls joint company, Spice Girls Limited, posted relatively modest accounts making £100,000 last year, less than 21000 each, because they get it for the uh, the writing credits. So that's it. But I don't know, I mean, would she not want to do it because when, when the Spice Girls were at their height, uh, poor Victoria was basically shoved to the back. I mean, she's gone on, you know, to give her credit to be the most successful out of them. I would I would think so. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't like to sort of, you know, pitch one against the other, but I mean she she does appear to get I mean she gets so much coverage. Seriously, I mean there's barely a day goes by where there's not a blooming picture of Victoria Beckham or dreary husband Dave or any one of the talented kids. You know, it's like sort of a slightly upmarket version of the Peter Andre family. And that wasn't that exciting at all. Uh, Steve, uh, somebody else asked me about the football. The answer is no, and don't care either. I went to the Stones concert Friday evening, says Chris, here in Cardiff. Fantastic show, as you would expect. The person next to me had travelled from Dorset and was driving home after the gig. Hopefully this won't be there last time. Oh, I love that. Well, this could be... Do they do, do, they do all the old hits at the Rolling Stones gigs? I would like to think that they do, because... They've got current stuff as well, haven't they? I don't know. I, say, I see a red door and I want it painted black. 
I love things like that. And honky-tonk women, that was my favourite. You know, a better, just a barroom... Qu- I've never seen the Rolling Stones like, wouldn't interest me in the slightest. Can't think of anything worse. Can't think of anything worse. People going, oh, it's really exciting. We're going off to see the Rolling Stones. And we've got them in Twickenham coming up soon at the, um, at the stadium. And we're all taking bets on what we think the fans will look like. I don't know whether they're going to be sort of mainly geriatrics or they're going to be turning up in a bus that smells of wee, or failing that, it's, uh, it's going to be lots of young people. I don't know. I don't know who, the, who their, their core fan club is. It wouldn't be young people, would it? Unless they were sort of dragged along by the, uh, by the parents. Uh, Karen Brady, love Karen Brady. In her column today, she says exactly what I said about Niall Aslam. Uh, Niall was apparently in Love Island. He's not now because he's walked out. Uh, because he's insecure about his ears. And she says, um, can it really be true that he's quit because he's insecure? If so, that's so sad. What is wrong with young people? Actually, I know the answer to that. I can honestly say that I was never worried about body issues and none of my friends were either. It simply wouldn't have occurred to us to compare ourselves unfavourably to everyone else. I'm pretty sure this kind of insecurity, which is rife among the young people and getting worse, is a direct result of reality TV. I don't... Well, I'm... Unfortunately, Karen, I'm going to change it. I don't think he quit because of that. I think his agent said, listen, you're boring and dull and of no interest to anybody at all. Quit now. Say it's your ears. Because he's had them pinned back. They were pinned back ages ago. So, you know, it's, it's just a load of old codswallop, isn't it, really? And if you quit now, you'll, you'll get coverage in the papers. Whereas if you get kicked out, nobody will bother about you. And he's probably gone, yeah, I'll do that. And the agent's gone, right, now let's see if we can find you a show after this. Because they're all looking for the work, aren't they? They're not on there to, to look for a relationship. Because you think if you didn't win, then you just go and disappear back to obscurity. But they're, they're not like that. They all think now they're all celebrities. You know, any old Tom, Dick and Harry... Mainly Tom and Dick, I think. Anyway, a quick time check for you, because it's 6.30. And with the latest LBC News, Philip Chrysikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning, 25 to 7. Look at a picture of the the Stones concert in Cardiff this weekend. It's it's very much a young, young sort of crowd. It's amazing. And also, I'm just amazed... The, the Rolling Stones, grand old age of God knows how many hundreds is now. They're packing out places. It, it, it really, it's, it's, it's almost gratifying. Almost gratifying. But they're literally packed out. Unbelievable. They must be very pleased. That's probably, make, but it's obviously keeping them going, isn't it? I think he comes off stage and goes, oh, I can't do it again. And they've gone, yes, you can. Think of the money. Look at all those uh, shows that were booked in for Michael Jackson before he died. They were booking them left, right and centre. And everybody's saying he's never going to manage them. I watched him dancing on that DVD and I thought, I thought, I bet he will. He'll do it. He's one of these people, he's de- you have to be dedicated to something. If you want to do it, you do it properly. You don't go out partying and doing everything like that because that means you're worn out. It's like people who do two shows. Anybody in show business in the West End, uh, just absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable for, you know, two shows a day. So when people do, do pantomime, really amazing. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I once bumped into, uh, Steve, uh, Frank Bruno and his wife in Epping. Lovely man, had a good chat, and his massive hands made mine look like a... Oh, he's got enormous hands. Absolutely enormous. And thank you to Winnie, who gave me the heads up on a horse running yesterday. Give it some Teddy. Teddy, of course, being my grandson, came in at eight to one. Gorse, truth. That's what you call good, isn't it? Eight to one. How much did you put? You haven't said how much you put on. I'm assuming it was, uh, it was really good, so, uh... There you go. Neil, nice to hear from you this morning. I hope the weather's kind to you uh, out that way. 
I hope it's kind to everybody, actually. Although I don't mind. I don't mind a little bit of rain. I can manage uh, things like that. Uh, tens of thousands of people march through central London next Saturday to demand a people's vote on the final. Oh, Lord. Uh, and Steve, the Stones are one of those groups who have an audience comprised of all ages. The thing they share is everybody's there to have a great time. Thank you. And uh, another one here. Uh, Ray says, LBC was amazing. LBC was amazing for the young and vintage, an older gent in front who stood the whole way through smiling 20-somethings behind singing and dancing. Uh, Love Island shows the level of English education. (laughs) Somebody said, no wonder foreigners take our jobs. It's terrible, really, isn't it, really? Terrible. Uh, C, the woman swallowed headfirst by the snake whilst gardening. How? I've got... Seriously, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, I don't know how they, they work. I mean, because assuming you'd hear it, wouldn't you? And then you go, I'm going to get the heck out of the garden really quickly because here comes a 27-foot snake. And I'm assuming a 27-foot snake doesn't move that fast. And then, I mean, what was, I mean how does that work? Unless, literally, she was bent. I mean, I don't, I'm just imagining, because I don't know. I'm imagining that you're sort of, um, you're bending over and the snake opens its mouth, dislocates its lower jaw and grabs your head. I mean, I'd, I don't know. You're right, actually. The more you think about it, the more bizarre it actually, uh, actually seems. And uh, thank you, Andy, in Mansfield. It was a, it was a genuine faux pas. I love a faux pas. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, Ant's pre- uh, previous must be seething. The wife has often been waiting to re-reconcile if the press articles are to be believed. I, I think whatever you read in the newspapers or you hear or the radio or the television, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. I think that's how it works nowadays, isn't it, really? And uh, Steve, on another station, the host said, Robbie Williams had the cheek to give the middle finger to the cameras, especially he was in front of Putin and a denigrated oligarchs on one of his songs. He clearly was unaware that Guy Chambers wrote and composed the songs. But also with the, you know, I think Peter Tatchell's been arrested over there already. I remember reading that the other day, and you think, they just... And they, they, they said, what was the advice that you heard on LBC? If you're going over there and you're gay, try not to be too obvious. You think, oh, dear me. I mean, are they that backward over there? Answer, yep, they are. Mind you, you know what they say about people like that? We worry about those sort of things. It's them. They are the main problem. Uh, our church in Newport Bethel Community Church was destroyed and raised to the ground on Friday. We believe, says Yvonne... That it was awesome. We're all devastated. We're meeting in the car park opposite the church at 10.30. So uh, there you go. That's awful, isn't it? And especially as Welsh Wales has got more chapels than just about uh, anywhere else. More chapels. I love chapels. I know some have been converted to houses and there's been some beautiful things there. But, you know, when there's not much to them, is there? Just like a, a wooden structure or brick and then wooden for the roof and stuff like that. So I wish you well, Yvonne. Let me know how it... Uh, how it goes. That is terrible, isn't it? Uh, Steve, I'd like to see Peter Andre on a programme such as The X Factor. He's endured the trials and tribulations which many people trying to break into showbiz have, have gone through. Yeah. What do you see him on X Factor for? The X Factor is for sort of people who... They don't go any further, really. Does he have X Factor? Oh, right. I'm still not getting it. Not getting it. Are you a fan of Peter Andre's? I be, come on, I bet you. He's got CDs and everything, I bet you. You've got pictures with blue tack on your, on your bedroom wall. Going, Peter, Peter, my hero. <laughs> Poor old Peter Andre. What is he now? Middle 40s, heading towards 50. Uh, Steve, media has got to stop calling these losers reality TV celebrities. At best, they're unemployed TV contestants. No, the worst thing they call them is stars. They call them stars. And I always say, no, no, disasters is what they are. Disasters. They're just desperately sad, lonely people. 
desperately sad, lonely people. And then somebody will write into me. It's ever so funny. And they'll go, you know, why are you so negative towards these people? And you go, what's it going to do with you? Keep your beaky nose out. You know, I think they actually think that they're speaking on behalf of these 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 lame ducks that they actually put on on television programmes. Whereas, in fact, all these trolls are. They're just people who interfere in everybody else's life. Nobody likes them. But uh, they're not reality TV celebrities. They have no talent. They have no talent. They don't play an instrument. They can't sing. They can't dance. They can't do anything. But they do have sex with lots of different people, which is great. Uh, Steve, classic David Beckham quotes, self-explanatory. And... Um, uh, I'm a strong person, I'm a strong family man, I'm a strong husband and a strong father. Lovely. Being hardworking is the best thing you can show children. But you're not, are you, really? That's the trouble. You sort of, you just sort of faff around going to the gym, go spinning on your bicycle, have an ice cream, go and get some coffees. That's not hardworking. I mean, the hardworking bit is probably trying to string two words together. Uh, when you get older, you mature and you start liking flowers, although I try and keep it manly. Says uh, David Beckham. It is. I mean, can you see David Beckham pushing a, you know, a, a lawnmower about? No, me neither. I don't think they've got any. It's like you know. Can you imagine Victoria Beckham cooking? No, absolutely not. Uh, and Ian says, you know what they say about men with big hands? I know, huge gloves, huge gloves. I've got. I don't know if I've got big hands or not. I was looking at somebody's hands the other day, and they're a pianist, and they've got really, really long fingers. And I thought, I don't know whether I like my hands or not. I'm not too sure about them. You know, I think, you know, do, do we look after our hands? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, anaconda is a constrictor. Oh, right. So that would have crushed her foot. Well, I suppose then it could have done that, couldn't it? It could have actually crushed her. So it could have actually started. Ra- but she'd notice it. She'd just have to move away unless it bit her. I don't know. I mean, they're obviously quite, quite daring if they're going to take humans, this thing. But anyway, you're right. Then it would crush her, which then means every time she breathed in, it constricts. So eventually you can't breathe. So you die of suffocation. Uh, it's like um, uh, pinning people to the cross. That's what you die of. You die of suffocation. Uh, and everybody thinks, oh, no, you die of the nails. No, 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 you die of suffocation if they if they crucify you, which they do in some countries. And uh, so anyway, so the anaconda could have done that. And then after she was dead, she um, she then would have been consumed. But what? What now? £5,000 a day as a hand model. Yeah, you get different models for different things. Depending on what you think your good feature is, you could be a model in that in that particular field. So she's... She... Yeah, you'd be a what? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. I mean, she can only do hands. But hasn't she got long, bony fingers? Aren't they... Are those her fingers there? They're enormous. They're bigger than mine. I mean, that's... Yeah. I know you get feet model as well. And then you get um, chest models... You know, in, in men and women. And then you get hair models, girls who are used for their hair because they've got lovely hair and stuff like that. You know, so to actually have the complete thing would be a little bit difficult. But she's got really thin fingers. You worry about things like that. But she makes £5,000 a day. 5000 I mean, £5,000 £5, a day just for that. It makes you wonder now why people go to the um, the place and get their nails varnished and all the rest of it. They want to have nice hands. And also hand cream every day is very important. I've discovered, actually, the most, you know, the older you get, the more you start doing all the things that you never thought you would. You know, when, when, when you're young, when you're living in rented accommodation or whatever else, in the bathroom, you might have one or two items. You've got your little bag of your, your soap and your flannel and your shaver and stuff like that. And then when, when, when you actually get older, I've now got a bathroom full of stuff. Every, every cream, every this, every that known, known to man, it's all in my bathroom. 
It's all very worrying, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, don't mention the snakes or again. I can't stand them, says Marisa. Well, luckily, you're not going to find them over here. I don't think we have any anacondas uh, in this country, unless they're in the zoo. Pythons normally bite and suffocate their prey by wrapping up around them until they become unconscious or dead, says, uh, says Lewis. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, d- um, I don't know. Whatever it is, this thing was 27 foot long and it managed to get her into its body. And then because of the, the digestive juices, um, it's, I suppose then you sort of start dissolving, don't you? I don't know. It's, it's, they were showing a plant the other day. You know, you used to get them years ago in the garden centres. And it's, um, it's a plant that feeds on um, flies and things like that. The Venus flytrap was one of them. They had a pitcher plant on there and something else. But the Venus flytrap, they had a fly and it sort of went in there. And then it's triggered by something that's in the fly, which triggers the plant to close. And then the enzymes in the plant digest it. And then when it's sort of eaten, I suppose it then sort of opens up again. But uh, I think you can keep going for ages on one, one fly. I don't like it. Oh, I hate flies. <gasps> I hate flies. I hate wasps. Bees I'm really fine with. I'm really good with bees because I know that bees are lovely. And if I'm watering, they're not going to do anything to me. Uh, but wasps just blooming pain in the rear end. They're terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, still to come, the Daily Star, the fans' two billion World Cup booze. Uh, Michelle Keegan again. God, I'm so bored with Michelle Keegan. Just hurry up and give her a job for somebody and then we can get her out of the country again for another six months because every time she's back here, it's boredom, boredom, boredom. Uh, plus, we'll tell you about the money going into the NHS. A £20 billion gamble by Theresa May. That and more in a moment. 14 to 7. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've just seen him a second ago. He's literally just walked in here. He said to... I thought, here we go. So you have to do a high five. It's what young people do nowadays. And uh, and he said, oh, can I can I borrow? Basically, can I nick your copy of the Sunday Times? So it's obviously a very short supply. Of course, I'm quite happy with the Daily Star Sunday. Uh, and on the front page, newbie girls in the battle for Alex. It's uh, Love Island... It's doing great in the ratings. They can't be complaining about it. It was, uh, I think it was doing about five million the other day. I mean, this is, seriously, for a, a tacky little programme, five million is tremendous. You know, some of the other programmes on the television, they would be so, so happy. So, so happy. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody says, I, I smiled when I heard you say, I see your red door and I want to paint it black. <laughs> Yes, it was, no, it's, I see a red door and I, I don't know why, actually. If you actually analyse the lyrics on all the pop songs, they don't make any sense whatsoever. My favourite, though, if I was going to have a, a favourite song, it would be Ruby Tuesday. It really would be. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. I liked it by Melanie as well. But uh, no, anything like that. Oh, dear, I tell you, it takes me back, it takes me back. Uh, other stories of the papers today, it's uh, Bruce. Um, and the fact that he left 11 and a half... Million pounds. Well, Will Nelia will be able to live very well, but they've always lived very well. They've always worked uh, very hard. They're not extravagant. I don't think Bruce was brought up to be extravagant. Uh, him, uh, the, 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 the two ex-wives get on, uh, get on well now, and I think his sort of uh, death has brought them closer together. Uh, here we go, still droning on. This is Gemma Atkinson, apparently ex-Hollyoaks, now sort of just ex-everything. But uh, obviously the Daily Star, the only paper remotely interested in talking to her. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, Melanie Sykes, I'd never go on blind date. I think you're a bit old for that kind of thing, aren't you, actually, Mel? I mean, you know, don't be rude about it, but it is for younger people. 
84850, And uh, said, the week before last, says Wendy, uh, a local woman here in southeast Florida was taken by an alligator as she was walking her dog by a lake. The gator was caught and her arm was found inside it and the body was found a day later. I mean, I know, well, Dale used to live out there. And all the uh, estates have got cages around all their pools. They're not hugely deep pools. You can't dive into any of the pools you get out there. They're not sort of big enough for things like that. But uh, I used to sort of worry about frogs everywhere. God, frogs, you couldn't stop. But these cages keep them away. And so, you know, man and beast live sort of kind of relatively in harmony, sort of. And uh, are you allowed to say something uh, kind about Leslie's passing? Well, not really. The, the, the paper, we all know what, uh, what Leslie's uh, history was. Uh, he was a listener to my programme during the week. And um, and he came in to be uh, interviewed. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure what he... I can't remember what he came in. It might have been a kid's book, actually. I'll have to have a word with the producer, because if we, I might want to rerun that. Sorry? Thank you. It's very sweet of you today. You're going over and above, aren't you? A little bit worrying. This will be... <laughs> I'll probably feature in a dream next, I shouldn't wonder. <laughs> It'll probably involve me and a, and a pan au chocolat or something, and very little else. Uh, also, uh, so when this woman was taken in southeast Florida, you know, if you walk near these lakes or ponds or whatever they are, there are things like the crocodiles in there and the alligators. And so you have to be careful. Jack Bates and the Wizard's Spell. Was that it? By Leslie Grantham. Oh, there you go. There you go. First of a series of books. That must be what he came in to talk about. Thank you. So Jack Bates goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, doesn't it, really? And um, somebody says it's beautifully written. So there you go. It's got 72% plus. So that's uh, that's very good. Very good. Well done. No, I mean, everybody knew about him. He came in. He was always very honest about everything. It's like a lot of people are. You know, when they sort of come in, it's because, you know, if, if you're going to dwell on something. I mean, I'd have loved to have talked to the craze. Seriously, I would have loved to have spoken to the craze. There's loads of other people that you, that you want to talk to. And you think because you've got a story. You You, you know, you have a story. So... You know, I'd like to talk to Michael Barrymore, and I'm quite sure because he's been he's been around Twickenham a, a few times. Uh, Steve wasps? Oh no, not wasps! I hate wasps. And it says I once mowed over a wasp's nest. I'm a council gardener, and pursued by swarms of them. Oh God, that's terrible. That really is awful. Um, uh, I don't know what upskirting is. Um, upskirting is where people take pictures up women's skirts. And somebody the other day. Uh, said no so it didn't go through i think it'll probably go through eventually why he didn't let it go through i've got no idea i couldn't quite understand i mean sure and they said oh we're actually going to make it illegal so obviously up until now it's not illegal you know why not sort of you know pictures up men's shorts as they're playing football and things like that it doesn't kind of work the same way does it but uh, they were say so it didn't go through and we were all thinking that it would have that it would have gone through i would have i would have thought so anyway uh, so the french bulldog is the uk's top dog at the moment, they are nice. I do see a lot of them. I also like to see dogs walking. We have, a, we have a few people around our way who sort of don't walk dogs. They lift them. They carry them around, you know, and they go, oh, no. Uh, Ant's new love front page of the sun on Sunday. Sunita, my sex attack. Hell at Cowell Home. That's the Sunday mirror. Plus, who is, who turned Aidan's head? I think he's in Poldark. That's all I can tell you. He takes his shirt off and looks roughly the same as me. Seriously, with our shirts off, we've got very, very similar bodies. Very similar. I, I could have done it. I could have been the body double for Poldark, but nobody asked, I'm afraid. And da, 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 da. 
Uh, somebody else was talking about these uh, these gator. These things move out the water like there's no tomorrow. Seriously, I mean seriously. They 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 move fast. So if you're sort of walking a dog, this thing will look at you. You've seen it with with the wildebeest. I wouldn't go anywhere near these blooming lakes. Lifesaver, my Billy's one is cannabis oil back. Now I'll fight for thousands of other children to get help too. And uh, that's the picture of Charlotte Caldwell and her son Billy. So that's good news because otherwise that could have gone very, very badly wrong. Uh, Mail on Sunday, lose weight, feel great. Oh, go away. I'm so bored of these people telling us, oh, lose weight, you know, you'll feel a better person. I don't want to. Uh, The PM, May's £20 billion NHS gamble. She's uh, pledged £380 a week, which is money which I think would have gone to the EU, but she's going to put it in £380 a week. God, it's like a drop in the ocean when you think about it. But she's uh, betting the public will be willing to face tax hikes for better care. Think again. <laughs> think again. Everybody will be saying, oh, what, tax is going up to pay for it. Can't you think of anything else? No, you're going to make you pay for it. It's like the motorist pays for everything in London. That's all we do now. We, we can't get rid of these blasted pedi cabs or whatever they're called now because they've got no insurance and they basically thieve off people and rip them off. Oh, so I'm, oh I knew there was a story. I've saved till the end. Uh, Bex has split from, from Posh. I don't know how I forgot that one. Isn't that amazing? I managed to get all the way through without sort of doing it. What he's done is the person who built Brand Beckham is Simon Fuller. He's ditched Simon Fuller. Uh, Vic's staying with him. And so he's actually gone on for somebody else. David is now represented by a management team that includes best friend David Gardner. They've been inseparable since they played for Man United's youth team in the 1990s. He's engaged to Liv Tyler and is a close friend of Kate Moss. Fuller's divorce from David marks a seismic shift in how the Beckhams run their business affairs. Well, what business affairs? You know, somebody says, Dave, we'll give you 50 grand if you model pants. Yeah, OK, I'll do that. OK, well, would you like to model whiskey? Yeah, I'll do that. OK, should we go and build a football stadium? Yeah, let's go build a football stadium as well. OK, uh, Victoria, please don't design any more clothes. It's not working, is it? It really isn't. But that's what it is. So the man who built it, Simon Fuller, the, the legend... There's Mr Fuller. I mean, good God, honestly. I mean, he managed to get them in the papers every single day. Sunday Express, they're talking about um, The Secret Battle with Cancer by TV's Christopher Timothy from All Creatures Great and Small. So that's one. Again, men don't get themselves checked out. They really don't. Plus £600 million a week Brexit bonus for the NHS. Poldark's women spy another hairy chest. They're obsessed with hairy chests at the moment, really. Uh, the Observer made to unveil £20 billion a year boost to NHS spending. And uh, heartbreaking fire guts Glasgow School of Art. And uh, it will rise again from the ashes. And the Sunday Telegraph. It's uh, the happy picture of Charlotte Caldwell and son Billy. He gets his cannabis. So that's good news all round. No more seizures, please. Thank you very much indeed. They should have done it ages ago. Uh, that's it for the uh, for this morning. I'll be back with you tonight at nine o'clock for In Conversation. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at four. Tell your friends... It's LBC, and if you download the LBC app, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. It goes back seven days. You just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android, and then you you do the tapping of the catch-up bit. It's very simple. Uh, Ten o'clock this morning, Nigel Farage. I say I'm back nine o'clock this evening, four o'clock tomorrow morning. Well, we'll wait and find out exactly what uh, what the papers have in store for us as we head into... Another week. Talking of uh, another week, another day now. Another breakfast show. Weekend breakfast with Tom Swarbrick. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.